everyone. You are listening to In the Books. We are a period drama podcast. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Rita. I live in England. I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome to the fifth episode in our series of podcasts on the Empress slash Dikeyserin. This week's episode was called The Shoes. And a lot happened. Like, a lot happened. So here comes... A lot. A lot. We've already gone weird. Okay, (laughs) so here comes another lengthy recap. The episode began with a flashback to fake Leontine, a.k.a. Ava, stopping the carriage that the real Leontine is traveling to, the palace in. Ava's boyfriend, Egon, then slits Leontine's throat, isn't that special? And Ava takes possession of all her belongings, including the letter offering Leontine a position as a lady-in-waiting. Yeah, first minute. Holy crap. Uh, anyway, back in the present, Elizabeth sneaks out of her bed, through the palace, and into the gardens. She climbs up one of the trees and begins writing poetry and chain-smoking. Hearing a bird hoot in the distance, she starts mimicking it. She is found by fake Leontine, who climbs in beside her and starts making bird noises of her own. And they both start to giggle so loudly they are found by a guard. Fake Leontine hops down and makes an excuse about seeing a rabies-ridden fox to cover for Elizabeth so the Empress isn't caught out in her nightgown. Inside the palace, Theo awakes Fran. He notices Elizabeth is gone, but doesn't really have any time to dwell on the matter. He dresses solemnly in his most imperial-looking black uniform, and when Elizabeth returns from her excursion in the garden at daybreak, she finds Franz already gone. Franz is seeing off troops for the border. They stand at attention around him as he attempts to give a rousing speech. It starts off a bit lackluster because he attempts the usual platitudes about fighting for their god and their country and blah blah blah. But as he looks at their terrified faces, some of them looked very, very young, he realises that there are no words of comfort that he can offer them. Instead, he offers them his sincere thanks and tells them, although they do not want a war, they will protect their nation and their loved ones. The officers look appreciative as they are called to attention and leave. Franz, however, still looks haunted. On the way home, his carriage is struck by a rock and someone yells warmonger at him, which triggers Franz into a PTSD flashback to the moment he was stabbed in the neck by Janos Lebenyi. I still don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry, guys. Hey, uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> he then has a panic attack. Back at the palace, Elizabeth is being hoisted into another gigantic dress while she is lectured by Matron's wig about her forthcoming visit to an iron foundry. The royal Ooh. family are seen as divine beings, which means no touching, no eye contact, and no casual conversations with people. Hmm. Sounds like a laundry list of things that are about to happen. Anyway, (laughs) Sophie then enters the room and begins tightening Elizabeth's corset roughly. She reminds her daughter-in-law that the conflict brewing is her fault, and she needs to do Franz a solid by showing her face to the public and rousing some goodwill. (sighs) Matron then offers her another raw egg to drink, 
Elizabeth tries to refuse as she is already feeling unwell. Sophie is like, well, the soldiers going to war aren't going to be feeling very well either, Missy. So Elizabeth forces it down, only to end up gagging. Along with me, thank you. Um, the only person to comfort her is Leontine. Fake Leontine. Fake Leontine, we sorry. Then meet, <laughs> <laughs> we then meet a young, raggedy-looking girl named Hedy, who's got an unwashed face and half her foot hanging out of her shoes. Her brother calls her to go to work, but then surprises her with bright red berries as a special treat. You do not know how long I was trying to work out what kind of berries they were. I was like, is, what if this is important, Michelle? And I do not know what berries this is. <laughs> Could be anything. Okay. Yeah. Back at the palace, Franz is brooding at the window when a livid Alexander von Back enters his study to tell him that their banker has cancelled all future instalments of their loan because instead of engineering a railway, they are instead sending 200,000 soldiers out to the east. Franz screams, I know, leave me alone. <laughs> he then <laughs> throws everything off of his desk in a fit of rage, including a little steam engine paperweight. I mean, this show and the details, guys, I swear to God, when I saw that paperweight, I was like, give them an Emmy, they need it. Um, <laughs> he then makes Theo clean his desk up for him, which was an asshole move, but then immediately yeah. apologizes to Theo. So mixed bag here. <laughs> Theo tells him that the Empress wants to see him, and I brace myself for an argument, but I needn't have worried. It's actually kind of sweet. Fran mm -hmm. started off looking a little forlorn when he tells her that she, if she keeps creeping around at night, they will end up missing each other. But when um, she starts asking about the troops, he's able to unburden some of his sadness and tell her that it feels like a stone, which I honestly thought was quite poetic. Like, maybe mm -hmm. he should get into some poetry writing. Yeah. It might make him feel better. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Elizabeth tells him about her upcoming visit and says that maybe one day the Iron Foundry will be building rails for them. Which makes Franz smile. Much to everyone's relief. His smile is mm -hmm. so cute. Yes. We then head over to Max's room. Very <laughs> different vibe. He is post-coitus with Elizabeth's lady-in-waiting, Countess Charlotte. I was like, oh, damn, Charlotte. Choices have been made. Yes. Um, he's doing some brooding of his own over a ring. And so when Charlotte asks about it, we learn that it was an engagement ring that he planned to give to someone, but she died. Charlotte tells him that perhaps he will find love again, but he yells at her to leave. So maybe, <laughs> no, maybe not the vibe. <laughs> he then goes full American psycho and practices <laughs> a speech into the mirror. He addresses his people as the new emperor, but gets repeatedly interrupted by his pet monkey as he tries to declare himself Humble. I mean, even the monkey calls bullshit. Yes. Nice try, Maxie. Time for another cabinet meeting. One of the ministers declares that as soon as reinforcements arrive at the border, they will be ready to attack. But Franz tells them no. He wants the troops to stand firm and hold their line at the border. The cabinet do not look impressed. So Sophie calls his decision wise and says it will demonstrate strength but diplomatic relations will also be maintained. Von Bach then brings up the rising tensions in Vienna. He worries that the head of the gendarmerie, 
will not aid the situation with his usual thuggery. Franz orders that they tread lightly or tread carefully and then leaves. Sophie follows Franz out of the room and tells him that while he may be hurt about his railway setback, it's only a matter of timing and his ideas will come to pass eventually. Franz worries that it's too dangerous for Sophie to be sending Elizabeth out into Vienna, but Sophie blows him off. When chaos reigns, we impose our control. We don't pacify. Tell me that you are with me, Franz. Franz side-eyes her and tells her that the world is changing, and the question is whether their family will change too. Really hoping Max changes. Really yeah. hoping. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth is in her carriage on the way to the ironworks, accompanying by Matron's wig and Lucy Woozy. That's such a cute name. Lucy Woozy. <laughs> While this may be Elizabeth's first time, Ludwig is an old pro, and he gives her some advice. When he's nervous, he always says, How nice, thank you kindly, and bows his head. He makes Elizabeth practice. He also gives her a terrifying tip not to eat or drink anything offered to them as it might be poisoned. Fun times! Yay! Lovely to get poisoning advice from a literal child. That's yeah. so scary. God. Uh, <laughs> they arrive at the foundry, and there is already quite the crowd growing to see Elizabeth. She's introduced to the owner, and when he says what an honor it is to meet her, she immediately pulls out how nice, thank you kindly. <laughs> Very funny. Um, yes. She's introduced to the workers next and begins to notice their shabby appearance and large red welts on their hands. The owner announces that the workers have also sacrificed a day's wages in support of the army, which startles Elizabeth, as it's very clear that none of them can afford to be so generous. She then asks to go inside and see the foundry working conditions, much to the annoyance of Matron, who insists they have to leave. <coughs> Elizabeth enters the working foundry in her big, poofy, impractical dress, <laughs> and the air is filled with smoke and sparks fly up from the molten iron being poured. She looks like she might catch a light any second now. Oh, oh, wow, I was nervous. Yeah, Ludwig me too. And <laughs> Ludwig and the matron follow behind her in trepidation, and Ludwig begins to choke on the fumes. Little girl Hida that we yeah. met earlier offers Ludwig a glass of water to aid his cough. When Elizabeth thanks her, Hida drops the glass in shock. Elizabeth goes to help her clean it up. At this point, the crowd is becoming louder and louder outside <laughs> and you can hear them screaming out for Elizabeth. The head of the gendarmerie asks her to please leave, but Elizabeth refuses. Instead, she begins to talk to the little girl and learns that she's an orphan living with her brother. When she notices her torn-up shoes, she takes off her own and offers them to the little girl. So, how many things on that list did, did that little scene check off? <laughs> Think all three of them. When Matron and her wig sees what Elizabeth has done, she orders the head of the gendarmerie to carry Elizabeth out. An empress cannot walk out in bare feet, let alone in a factory. Elizabeth protests, but he picks her up and carries her to the carriage. The crowd, seeing her like that, begin to jeer, and before long, they are throwing mud at Ludwig and calling her imperial scum. The situation gets out of hand, and the crackdown on the populace is severe and violent. 
In the carriage, Elizabeth asks Ludwig if he is all right, but he pulls away. Matron yells at her for getting too close to commoners. Back at the palace, Malia has snuck into Leontine Ava's bedroom and is rummaging around. She finds a letter written to Leontine's mother and father in some very scrappy handwriting and stuffs it down her dress. She then goes to the wardrobe and pulls out the dress Leontine wore when she was killed. The neckline is covered in blood, which naturally freaks Amalia out. She hears something at the door and goes to hide. Why did they keep the dress? Why I know. did they keep I know. I was like, burn the thing. Damn. Damn. Outside said door, fake Leontine is being hit on by Alexander von Bach. He tells her that when he saw her, he felt she was different, scary, but actually meant as a compliment, and invites her to look at the portrait gallery with him. In the corner of her eye, Ava spots Amalia leaving her room and tries to delay their date until later, but she is forced to agree and allow Amalia to escape. Max has another secret meeting with the cabinet who inform him that to stage his coup, he's going to need three things. The support of the military, the Catholic Church, and of course, his mother. To convince the army, they need the blessing of the Archbishop Rusha, who in turn only listens to Sophie. At the end of the day, his coup lives and dies on the support of his mother. <laughs> Max's response to this is to say, damn. <laughs> and then he promises to deal with her eventually uh, the cabinet all pushes him to act fast the populace has turned against Franz and they need to act while he is weak Max tells them to give him a few days over at the palace Theo announces polar bear chicken to Franz's room she is wearing a gigantic bird feather <laughs> collar for anyone who's still looking for bird imagery. Franz asks her to intervene with her new fiancé. He really needs that railway money. She uses her newfound power over him to humiliate him into begging her for help and then coercing him into a kiss. Yeah. They're thankfully interrupted by Theo with the urgent news about the riot Elizabeth kind of sort of started. <laughs> Elizabeth arrives at the palace and throws a massive strop, kicking the shoes her maid offers her and flinging off her gloves, hat, coats, and then just running through the palace. She flops on her bed to cry dramatically into a pillow. Very teenage drama queen. Yes. Franz and his mother enter her room to find out what happened, but when Sophie starts in on another rant about Elizabeth's conduct, Franz sends her out. Smart move. Yeah. Franz asks her why she didn't leave when advised to. Elizabeth says it was the right thing to do. She thinks the reason they are hated is because they treat commoners with contempt. Franz accuses her of being simplistic and not appreciating all the work he is doing behind the scenes to improve the public's living conditions. You know, like putting up with sexual assault. Yeah. Um, he says her bleeding heart is of no help at all. So she starts throwing peaches at him. By the time she gets to the third peach, he is chasing her around the room to grab it out of her hand, but she then grabs his face and kisses him. They start having very passionate argument sex. A marital classic. Greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Sophie looking at a mechanical songbird in a cage. 
matron and her wig, tells her she will find new and better ways to keep the girl under their control. Sophie tells her that it's a little too late for that, and if Elizabeth fails to fall pregnant again, there will be consequences not only for Elizabeth, but also for everyone's least favorite minion, matron. In other words, is fucked. <laughs> Max meets Archbishop Rauscher in a church. Surprised he didn't go up in a puff of smoke when he stepped inside. Rauscher attempts to take confession. Is There is too long a list of sins to get through, so let's cut to the chase. Max tries to get his support, but Rauscher is like, you can't even recite the Lord's Prayer, and you want my support for a coup? <laughs> Sly. That was a great line. He makes it clear he is not a fan of Max's, and tells him he doesn't stand for anything. And if you stand for nothing, what will you die for? Nothing. Pretty sure this is a Hamilton lyric. Is Max Aaron Burr by teaching? I love Aaron Burr, though, so that's the main difference. Uh, get Leslie Odom Jr. on this bitch. Um, <laughs> back at the palace, fake Leontine meets with one of her fellow revolutionaries and tells them she needs to leave immediately. Amalia has found her out, but she's told it's way too late for that. Plans are afoot and it is happening. Before fake lean teen can get any details as to where or how this it is happening, the maid is forced to shuffle off. So great. Franz is going to be attacked, everyone. Brace yourselves for next week's episode. Leave my baby alone. Okay, it's now night and there is a huge storm raging. (laughs) Elizabeth wakes, puts on a nightdress and begins to wander around the palace again. She climbs down the grand staircase and bumps into Max because, of course, of course, he tells her there's a tunnel that they can take that leads out of the palace, and he asks her to pack a case and they can leave for Prague together. She toys with the idea of saying yes, which was insane to me, but yeah. then leaves him looking distraught at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> bye bye, Instead, Elizabeth knocks on fake Leontine's door and slumps on her bed for a little girl chat. Uh, Leontine, or fake Leontine, can tell she's upset and asks if she argued with Franz. Elizabeth responds with, if only he weren't the emperor. Girl, that was like half the appeal of you marrying him in episode one, so I'm not mm-hmm. taking this. Uh, she then asks fake Leontine to tell her about herself, which is kind of hard, given that she's not really a countess. <laughs> so she tells her, if you want to hear a story about a happy childhood, then it's not mine. It's just vague enough to be about pretty much anyone. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth tells her that she's never met a strong person with a straightforward past, and she wonders what her purpose is to be. Back at the foundry, the little girl from earlier is enjoying her new shoes when she notices a crowd huddled around a body. As she approaches, she realizes the body is in fact her brother. The gendarmes got a hold of him. Ava's boyfriend, Egon, is also there to declare they will avenge her brother with a revolution. The crowd all shouts, Revolution! as the episode ends. So many Hamilton moments. So mm-hmm. many. Uh, and what do you think of the episode? Um, I thought it was great. I thought it went quick. It, yeah. 
yeah, it, it really sped by considering all of the stuff that happened in it. Um, uh, I was kind of like, wait, we're, we're done? No. It was actually one of the shorter episodes of the season. I noticed when I was doing the recap, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, don't, I can't handle the 90 minute episodes we got from Bridgerton. Um, this show, the way it cranks up the tension, um, is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, it feels like Vienna is now like a powder keg that's about to explode in the final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, the way they've managed to bleed the storylines from the court um, out into the wider world of Vienna and how it's impacting the lives of all these normal people is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the stuff happening at court have extra weight and feel more present. Yeah. Um, and i got to give the show props because I think a lesser show would have just had Elizabeth give the girl the shoes and have her be like the people's hero that always knows the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having that, that stinger at the end of the episode where you see the girl's brother <laughs> has now died. Yeah. Um, that was a real like, oh shit moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And makes you sort of start questioning like how culpable... Elizabeth is in the cycle of violence that has now started in the city. Yeah, I, you know, we obviously know that it, she's not intending to be um, involved in the the violence. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, she is looking for opportunities where she will be able to help the common <clears throat> the commoners, quote unquote. Um, but you know, she is pretty naive about the the situation you know the fact that you know it's just like okay i married an emperor she did didn't really think about the implications of what marrying the emperor was going to um include and uh mm-hmm. you know so you can't just automatically you know say oh but you know she was only trying to do good and blah 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 blah, blah. you know yeah she was trying to do good but girl didn't think ahead yeah and it, it's like intentions matter, but not mm-hmm. to that little girl, you know, at the yeah. end of the day. Mm-hmm. Do you think she wants the shoes or her brother still being alive? Like the unintentional consequences of even the slightest thing as when you become somebody so powerful, like is a lot to grapple with, I know. But I like that they're, that this show has the ability to showcase that rather than just going for... Elizabeth's perfect and she cares about the people and yay. Because mm-hmm. I think another show would have just been like, she helped the girl with the shoes, isn't she right? And you're like, no, not really. Like, <laughs> not, not at the end of the day, no. Yeah. <laughs> shoes gonna... Those shoes don't even fit hard. Like, what? <laughs> this is not going to be helpful at all for this young woman. That brings us into the argument. Um, that Franz and Elizabeth had at the end of the episode. Mm. I screech about how I just want them to be happy every week, but I actually really enjoyed seeing them argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved that scene. Yeah, me too. I think it, it it was a really well acted scene, and you know there was a little bit of comedy with the peach throwing, <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it because I think the conflict gets down to like 
right down to the heart of who they are. Mm-hmm. Like Elizabeth is an idealist and she th- sees things in black and white terms. I think Franz is more of a pragmatist mm-hmm. and he thinks about things with nuances. We've seen that throughout the season. Yeah. And they're butting heads because I think like they are really struggling to see each other's perspectives. Like Franz just kept going, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> And it's it's such a testament to how good the writing is. Yeah. And how you know, it's only been four episodes that but we feel like we know these characters and they've been so well defined to me that I feel like, yeah, I understand why you're arguing. Like <laughs> you have completely different worldviews. Yeah. Um, That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Now I I I enjoyed this uh quite a bit and you know, I really liked seeing how all of the things that are happening around them, how how it's impacting their the character, uh, the characterization. You know, the the characters are becoming even more and more multifaceted um, as yeah. we get further into this story. And you know, things are not as simple as black and white. They're they're swimming in a hell of a lot of gray right now. Um, <laughs> And uh, definitely, yeah, I I can only hope that Elizabeth somehow winds up getting preggers so she can stop <laughs> with the nasty egg in the morning business. I do wonder if like why she started ganging up was because she's got morning sickness. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, because that would be a great sign Mm -hmm. i mean we keep our eyes peeled for next week i hope she's fucking pregnant (laughs) just so that she can stop drinking those nasty eggs but they probably yeah but what are they gonna make her eat when she's pregnant as well the placenta was before she was pregnant what's gonna come down the line oh Oh. it's it's it is uh amazing just how superstitious this bunch of bunch of people are um, I mean, not that amazing. They were raised Catholic. Um, <laughs> um, that was <laughs> me bagging on myself. Um, what <laughs> what um, did you think about her line about, oh, if only he wasn't emperor? Because uh, that's, um, that's an actual quote. That's one of her most famous quotes. Really? The real. Yeah. Oh, she, wow. They that's... had a very different courtship, though. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. <laughs> you know it's really sad that mm-hmm. you know she but I think a... that's more of an indication of how she didn't like being empress but she mm-hmm. did like him oh um that I, I know she likes him I know she likes him a lot um you know it's it is just it's reminiscent of the you know the fact that it's like yeah you were not raised or prepared for this kind of responsibility. Not like your sister, um, you know, who's probably brought up with all of these ridiculous things in her brain. And, you know, Elizabeth is suffering the consequences. I just don't think she really has the temperament Mm -mm. that Mm. is required for this. Mm -mm. You have, like, you can tell, like, when she had her big tantrum and storming through the palace and like throwing things mm-hmm. like usually <laughs> when you have like an upset upsetting day 
as like mm. the politician's wife. You lock yourself in a room and you cry in dignified silence. Yes. She is like, no, I'm no. upset. <laughs> Everyone must know. He's like, no, I'm tearing off all of the clothes I can possibly get my hands on, with the exception of this damn corset that I've been <laughs> laced to death in. And I'm going to storm up those stairs and fling myself on the bed and, you know. That was such a funny shot, though, because you could see, like, her feet. Her little, her filthy feet sticking out from underneath the dress. Oh, my God. I know we shit on, we shit on Matron, but I was sort of on her side when I was like, you cannot walk through an iron foundry barefoot. That's disgusting. That is filthy. Yeah, and then out to the to the yard where the horses are. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Elizabeth, you need to to think before you do some of these things. Oh, there was like, yeah, because it's like you could you have so many shoes, right? Oh, you could she's getting rid of shoes them two times a day, every day. <laughs> but then she could have donated the shoes after the fact, gone, hey, I've worn these shoes today, give them to the girl at the iron foundry I mm-hmm. visited, like, go home and do it. Damn. Like, why are we make, making this big show of it and then walking out barefoot? That's like... <laughs> when Franz was saying, like, she had, like, a her bleeding heart, I was like, yeah, that's kind of, like, uh-huh. true. Where she is all emotion yeah. and no logic ever like comes into her head mm-hmm. like she's just uh, she does not think yeah and that's so frustrating <laughs> i just want to be like you're so close to, <laughs> to doing the right thing <sighs> but you make things worse oh, oh man so what about mommy dearest oh, selfie Do you know what she she reminds me of Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. <laughs> she really She's does. A bit more likable. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she she reminds me of Cersei Lannister. A weird sort of creepy. I have to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Controlling. Yeah. yeah. I really like this episode. I really thought she was flailing to try and like gain control over friends and mm-hmm. it's just not like nothing she's trying is working yeah and i think as a reaction to that mm-hmm. and like the nonsense that is going on she's lost her power over him and is now trying to get a firmer grasp on elizabeth because that's something she feels like she can control and even that's not really working mm-hmm. so like at the beginning of the season i thought she was quite methodical and level-headed mm-hmm. and i just don't feel like she is anymore like yeah. she's making lots of she's starting dumb... to, she's starting to scrabble you know yeah and, and not the like game she's, she's yeah. not thinking yeah. yeah she's reacting she's doing a lot of reacting um and uh i know that elizabeth has thrown her you know off her rhythm and you know mm. if sophie is able to bring Elizabeth to heel, which, <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, yeah, good luck with that, <laughs> sister. Um, you know, then she will be able to have that to um, wheel over Franz, since you know Elizabeth seems to be infiltrating his heart and other portions of his anatomy. 
I also think, like, remember that line last week where she was like, oh, Franz looks really happy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, thinking about that, and she's not happy Franz is happy. She was actually more in control of him when he was miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that he's happier and more fulfilled in his private life, he's exerting more control over his political yep. life. And she is pissed. Yeah. Um. I mean, hell, yeah. who knows? She yeah. may, she may wish that uh, her other idiot child takes over a coup. Max, yeah. <laughs> um, I also um, want to quote something from the book I was reading mm-hmm. on Elizabeth because I think it's a very a good insight into the one of the themes of this episode, which is the formality of palace mm-hmm. life versus like. Elizabeth. So, um, the quote is, by nature, Elizabeth was warm-hearted and fair-minded. All these good traits which Sissy demonstrated throughout her childhood were now worthless, mm-hmm. even a drawback. To lack aristocratic pride was seen in Vienna not as an advantage, but as a deficiency. So was any lack of respect for the formalities. The Viennese court, even the sovereignty of the emperor and the high position of the imperial family were based in large part on protocols and ceremony. Truth and authenticity were not important here. The aspect Sissy saw as pure formality had great political significance after 1848. They raised the ruling family far above ordinary mortals, allowing it to become unapproachable, untouchable, and the family was the visible expression of God's grace. Jeez. So that's uh, from The Reluctant Empress by Brigitte Herman, who I've quoted a lot. But I thought that was perfectly just encapsulating the tension mm-hmm. that Elizabeth has with becoming this higher being, yeah. this sort of imperial goddess figure. Yeah. Um, she just wants to be a normal person, which is fair enough, but then also, you should have said no <laughs> exactly. when you proposed. <laughs> like, if you want to be a normal person, don't don't sign up to become, you know, uh, God's creature on Earth, okay? Mm. <laughs> Dang. And it's very like weird for us because we have a very different relationship with royal families mm-hmm. now. But the idea of them being like chosen by God to rule over people, like there's a very religious aspect to the emperor and the empress mm-hmm. that we don't really believe in now, mm-hmm. but was very, very important to their grip over the society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why they include the Archbishop so much on the show, because that is an aspect of the show. And you can sort of tell that Sophie is quite Catholic and religious, because mm-hmm. she's always wearing a crucifix and mm-hmm. kind of... Though she is very, very gay. <laughs> so that's also a question. <laughs> can't really... <laughs> can't really sort of square that. Yeah, but um, that would be problematical, Miss Sophie. Yeah, <laughs> but then we've not seen her act on it. Maybe she's like, if we don't have the full sex, it's okay. I don't know, question mark. <laughs> but cheating on my husband, that's fine. Oh, Sophie, you are a contradiction. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Sophie is a mess. <laughs> I still love her though. She's so like weirdly complex. Uh, yeah. You also got to think like there's not many roles like this for women 
of her age and vintage, shall we say, where she's like still kind of hot. Mm-hmm. She's got power. She's just as important as the two leads. Like, this was a great role for an actor. Oh, yeah. Very happy. She must be having a ball. In those dresses? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Max, though, the other member of the family. Yeah. Um, Maxie, Maxie, Maxie. How are we feeling? Oh, God. Well, you know, I have to tell you that, you know, ever since I switched over from hearing uh, it dubbed in English uh, to yeah. listening to the the original uh, voice track, <laughs> his voice always catches me by surprise because the actor, yeah. whoever did the, the voice work for him in the dubbed version his voice is lower much lower and so Ah. i hear max say something and it just i i have to just stop myself from laughing um (laughs) because it's like oh you sound like a cartoon oh dear okay it works though it does i can't take you seriously it does it it works beautifully Mm. um but, Especially uh, when he's giving his speeches, yes! it doesn't. Make, I'm like, your voice does not work for it. <laughs> you compare his his speech to the one Franz does earlier in the episode, and yeah. you contrast those two, and it's like one is clearly mm-hmm. play acting at being emperor and not doing a very good job. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I it it's it surpri- I don't know why it surprised me. That we would be getting in so deep with him and the coup. And the coup. Um, the coup. But yeah, then, you know, you think back, well, we, okay, we only have six episodes. Mm. So, of course, we're going to be, we're going to be driving straight for it. There's, there's no opportunity for rest break. Um, you know, because we're... Can you believe we're five episodes in and this is the first time Max has tried to think about how his mother would think about this coup? I know. <laughs> it's like, dude... What was he thinking? Dude, you um, should have been You should have been working on this in episode two. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Oh, honey. But, you know, it, it, I think I found it very surprising that there were so many individuals who were, like, in on the plan, you know, when he's having right. his meeting with with all these folks, it's like, damn, it's not just, you know, like three or four, uh, you know, we're talking 15, 20. Oh, Franz is going to have to get rid of the whole cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> the whole oh, yeah. Of them. Um, and then they, they were saying they'd set up a network. They had set up a network with the <sighs> newspapers and... God. Oh, God, it's it's gone pretty far. Boy, they're going to be gallows all up and down the streets of of Vienna. Um trying to no, take care I of all these crazies. I don't think that is right. My, the way I think this is going to play out is Sophie is going to find out about this. Mm-hmm. Be like, "We can't have this <laughs> leaking. No one can know this has happened. This mm-hmm. will make us look weak. Mm-hmm. And she will cover it up for Max, and Max will get away with some fuckery, because that's what rich boys do. Because oh, if I was Max. Sophie, I would never I would never allow him to hang for this, because it makes her, her uh, friends look 
so incredibly weak that his own brother was trying to overthrow him. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a really good point, Rita. I, you know, I'm a Slytherin. I think about things. (laughs) (laughs) You've got that strategery thinking going on. (laughs) Mm, um, I really loved the scene with the archbishop. I can't believe I was like impressed by an archbishop. Yeah, especially um, given given his previous uh, uh, appearance. Hated him previously, but Mm -hmm. but no, he 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 crushed it. That was great. You can't even recite the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> like, oh, snap! <laughs> and I like that he got to the heart of the matter of what is wrong with Max as a leader. It's like, literally, why are you doing this? You don't have mm-hmm. any plans or any ideals. You were just doing this to boost your own ego. Yeah. Mm. Do you think this desperate power play on his part is motivated by his grief? Uh, could be uh, we we have yet to find out who this dead fiance is. I mean, um, I know. Oh, do you, you want to know? Spoilers! Spoilers! Is it gonna? Is it gonna like destroy me? Oh no. Um, I mean, do you care about no dead historical figures? Nah. What? Okay. Um, so it was uh, Princess Maria Amalia of Brazil. Um, oh, Maria Amalia. Uh, she was princess of the Empire of Brazil and a member of the Brazilian branch of the House of Braganza. Oh. Um, which, by the way, so relieved we're getting into Portuguese names. Can I just... <laughs> um, like my mother father... <laughs> Thank you, finally. <laughs> Nothing German. Um, her father was Pedro I. Uh, he was the first ruler of the quotation marks around independent Brazil. Mm. Um, <laughs> Though she interestingly never lived in Brazil, uh, she was his daughter from his second marriage, and she was born in France and mm-hmm. grew up in Europe and in Portugal particularly. Max was while he was serving in the Austrian Navy, mm-hmm. um, in I think in eighteen fifty three, which is around the time no eighteen fifty two, um, which is actually a similar time to when, um friends met elizabeth mm-hmm. he was on a stopover in portugal and he paid a visit to her and her mother because of course yeah they were related of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, distant cousins. they apparently fell in love like instantly mm. uh, but like the next month after that, Amalia contracted scarlet fever, which then developed in tuberculosis, oh. and she yeah. died. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She was only 22. Oh, that's sad. The impact of her death is apparently what eventually led him to try to take over Mexico <sighs> in this really roundabout way, because her brother became um, emperor of Brazil. Mm-hmm. So, Max was like fascinated by Brazil, went over, visited the country, was like, I really want to make this work in other parts of South America. <laughs> so he agreed to become emperor of Me- the Mexican Empire, believing he could sort of recreate Brazil. Uh, but instead, yeah. he just ended up, you know, fucking Mexico up some more. Uh-huh. Um, so this 
poor little woman uh, ended up playing a huge part in South American history. Wow. <laughs> just, That's just amazing. Just by being very pretty. That's amazing. I wonder if, like, they're sort of using the same kernel that led him to fuck up Mexico as the reason that he is fucking up the Habsburg Empire. Hmm. Like, it's sort of similar vibes. Do we do we know if he actually ever tried to start a coup in Austria? Or is that just all pretend stuff? There was a huge rivalry between the brothers, but mm-hmm. I don't think he ever... I think this is pretend. But then again, like, if my theory about them covering it up is true, mm-hmm. would we ever know if he attempted it? Of course not. So, mm-mm. He's yeah. enough of a dick to do it. I feel like... <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> wouldn't put it past him. Mm-mm, not at um, all. This kind of thing is in his wheelhouse. By the way, that ring, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, that looks really... That looks like an engagement ring. And then you see the close-up of the ring. It looks like all his other rings on his finger. Mm-hmm. What were they thinking? I don't know. That was ugly. Mm. It, it, just, it, it really didn't have any kind of flair. Yeah, also, like, how big were her fingers that this <laughs> ring would fit on? <laughs> the things I think about, instead of thinking about, oh, what a tragic backstory that makes him sympathetic, I'm like, God, her knuckles must have been huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Rita, you kill me. Oh, oh Lord. Um, Speaking of terrible people, yes, uh, the return of Polar Bear Polar Chick. So now she's looking like some kind of roost, plucked rooster or something, or unplucked rooster. I was rooster. getting sort of like Raven vibes. Yeah, the bl- <laughs> yes, Ooh. or maybe a vulture. <laughs> maybe a vulture. I think a, a uh, vulture would probably be much more appropriate. Um, yeah. But, uh, oh, my God, uh, she was like the last person I had hoped to see return to the castle. And uh, she made him beg. At first, like, I, wa- I want props for calling out her thing being power and control and mm-hmm. not her being actually into him. Because her whole vibe was like she was the executive of some kind of movie production company and she was going to use him for sex. Mm-hmm. It was... Oh yeah, call her the Harvey Weinstein of uh, of uh, <laughs> of the Empress. Um, yeah, very classic predator move. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Just oh, definitely. Oh, oh, she she is just vile, vile. I really uh, that whole scene was just traumatic to yeah. watch. <laughs> just like he looks terrified. And when and when he finally gave in and started kissing her, I was just like, no. No! Stop that right I now! The thing is, like, he he kept his face still for so long. It was like, he was just like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's like, it's like, if I just stay still, maybe she'll stop. Maybe she'll stop. Just, yeah. Oh, God. I do find it, like, really interesting that they've subverted the, like, usual dynamic of, like, the he's, you know, he's an emperor and he's a man and you would think he would have all the power there mm-hmm. but he just looked so vulnerable like yeah. the whole time well like he was he was trying to play it off but the the 
the actor was re- like so tense, like his whole body was just the stillest uh-huh. it's ever been. Like it was sort of like he was an animal in headlights. Yes, that he, but he put himself there on purpose. He oh. sort of like knew it was going to happen, but had no choice. Oh, oh, Franz! Oh my gosh! Well, you know, when you think about it, you know, this entire this entire show has really been about feminine power. Mm. Because when you think about all of the the female characters in this, they're all wielding power in their positions yeah. in order to be able to accomplish X, fill, fill in the blank. And the male characters are definitely not in your typical space when you think about men back in those days, yes, there it's a patriarchal society, but these these women have got them all lined up straight and fancy and uh <laughs> don't don't mess they with them because assault you. Yeah, don't, like, don't watch out. Yeah, don't mess with them because you know they they'll get their little their little claws out and you'll be reduced to next to nothing. Uh so yeah. Very interesting how um, this uh, uh, series has kind of flipped the script on your traditional roles that you would see in uh, Mm. drama in this period, uh, in this time period. I also thought this scene, you know how this show loves its parallels, Mm -hmm. it paralleled the scene between Elizabeth and Alexander in the previous one, and it's blocked out and shot in a very similar way. And and I think they were intentionally trying to mirror those two. Um, but I think Franz and Elizabeth, like I said, are very different people. Elizabeth mm-hmm. is an idealist and she would be like, fuck off. And Franz <laughs> is more like a pragmatist. And he's mm-hmm. like, if I piss her off, mm-hmm. then I'm in a bigger hole than I was in before. Right. I feel it. I just feel so terrible for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally willing to let himself be assaulted <laughs> for the good of the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody deserves to be put in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope Elizabeth smacks the shit out of Polar Bear Chick. <laughs> um, Me too. Girl, fight! Girl, fight! <laughs> Just rip those bird feathers out of her. Seriously. Um, I really uh, I hope something horrific happens to her. Um, and Franz doesn't have to actually fulfill his side of the bargain. Yeah. Um, Fake Leontine. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, Rita, you called it. You called it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Round of applause. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. No, but it's, I think it's just a testament to the writing. Mm -hmm. They were able to breadcrumb that quite Mm -hmm. nicely so that when it, when it was happening, I was like very excited for myself. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is really bad for Lee and T, but great for me. Yeah, it's awesome um, for me. Yes. <laughs> oh um, man, and I the the way that they did this in the first like minute and a half, two minutes of the show, you know, was just like, okay, you you have me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to blink now because God only knows what else you might wind up doing. Um yeah, it was that was just amazing. 
Uh, and I literally sat there slack jawed, <laughs> staring up at the TV like, what? <laughs> I was surprised at how brutal her death was. Uh-huh. It wasn't just like they killed her. It was like they slit her throat. Yeah. Like, that is a horrible way to go. Yeah. And then Egon spat on her. Yeah. It made me sort of less warm to Leontine. I know, like, she was shown being much kinder to the body than her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. but she's still really complicit in the brutal death of this poor girl who probably isn't really responsible for the Empire's existence. Like, (laughs) she's just a woman from... Out in the the sticks it, was it Romania? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Not, that's not, like, I get that the institution is corrupt and you, you start the revolution, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But I couldn't personally be complicit in murder like that. No. And, and you know, you can you can see, you can see now that, that uh, Ava has had the opportunity to be in court and get to know Elizabeth, um, and like Elizabeth, um, you know, how she is now like, do we really have to do this? Really? Because I don't know if I want to do this. And it's like, dude. She got the information about like how, oh yeah, they're going to do the revolution now. Uh And she didn't say shit <laughs> Elizabeth the whole time. I was like, just tell her they're going to I know. And she just didn't say anything. Not a word. I sort of appreciate that maybe, like, there's a bigger picture and she's thinking of that. But, like, oh, my God. It's complicated, you mm-hmm. know? I have very complicated feelings about this character. And yeah. it's, like, another female character that is not straightforward. She's not, like, just a cool, nice girl mm-hmm. who's very nice to Elizabeth. There's also, like, oh, she killed someone. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that sort of lingers. <laughs> Yeah, it's it this is this is an incredible series. So good. And the acting is incredible because yeah. you could see that actress sort of as she's bonding with Elizabeth also like trying to pass through all the complicated emotions of like I know something horrible is about to happen to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the emotions playing out silently was like very, uh, that hot last scene of those two together was yeah. both moving and horrifying. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. I think that, that's how I would describe the show. Moving, moving. And, <laughs> moving and horrifying at the same time. Yeah. Oh man. I am afraid for next week. I really am. You know, the tension has got too much and like bloodshed is coming. Mm-hmm. Bloodshed. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so themes. We were very heavy handed with the birds again. Oh, they yeah. were birds were in back the house. With a vengeance. Yeah. yeah. I mean Lapping bird around. noises. People were wearing birds. <laughs> Sophie was looking at a caged bird. It was just <laughs> What's interesting is like this week I noticed that like all of the women are associate like being associated with birds. And then I was like you know, Franz never has, like, a bird theme. Hmm. What is his theme? Maybe it's maybe it's the railway. Um, he wants a twain. Maybe. He wants his twain. <laughs> but I definitely think that they're trying to link, like, femininity with the bird theme in a particular way, because you've got Sophie, Polar Bear Chick, Leontine, and 
Elizabeth definitely all like mm-hmm. birdie. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about as we watch the last episode. Um, yeah. Uh, another theme, I think, particularly as we were talking about um, the Lee and Teen Death coming right at the beginning of the episode, I was mm-hmm. thinking about how Hida's brother was right at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So we've got like a full circle of violence theme going because you start off with the nobility and then you end with a member of public how do you i don't want to call them common but just <laughs> what are you know, the, the peasants like, i mean they're the commoners uh, i know it just feels very wrong to call someone a peasant but there we go um <laughs> the workers the poor people the workers uh, yeah uh, there is a just like a repeated cycle here um and we got that flashback to franz being attacked and mm-hmm. that probably led to the gendarmerie going extra violent and defensive and scared of the public yeah. which then leads to more attacks and deaths which leads to you know <laughs> we're gonna get retribution we're yeah. gonna get revenge from the people which then leads to Another cycle of violence against the Emperor, which then makes that, you know, it's just like a Mobius strip of violence yeah. that just bleeds into more violence and more violence. Yeah. Um, and it, I was thinking, like, that's a very typical dynamic that you see when a state is sort of collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was reading about the French Revolution earlier in the year, and there was a, a lot of that was the circles of violence that happened um i see happening again in this um i know the Habsburg empire doesn't fall apart for another like 50 years yeah. but i truly like it's on the slow decline mm-hmm. i don't feel like there is any way of breaking the chain of violence without yeah. like a revolution and the whole empire just being dissolved mm-hmm. because yeah. i i i, I... There, there is nothing that can be done. Uh, if we want to think about, you know, more metaphors, you know, it's like this is a runaway train. <laughs> Trains. Uh-huh. So Franz is getting his train, just a metaphorical Not one. Not the one he wants. Not the one he wants. <laughs> and so when Elizabeth was putting forward her argument that, like, oh, they hate us because of the way the gendarmerie treat us, and I was like, okay, but. It- it isn't as simple as that because Mm-mm. they hate you for a lot of reason. And if the gendarmerie stopped attacking you, you would still all die. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the dynamic that's around the gendarmerie is that Sophie relies on them a lot. Yeah. For defense because she was basically in charge during the revolution when it hit mm-hmm. previously. And she obviously built like this dynamic with the head of the gendarme. And Franz doesn't trust him as much, so he keeps going to her, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, very fucked up. But then I was also like, you know, as much as I hate the head of the gendarmerie, <laughs> when the crowd was building up outside mm-hmm. the ironworks, and he was advising Elizabeth to leave, it wasn't just for her safety, it was for the safety of the crowd as well. Yeah, Like, it's not... It's obviously not, like, the best way to deal with a crowd is to beat the ever-living shit out of them. But a lot of that is coming out from a place of fear. And I think, like, everybody in the show is fucking terrified all the time and just reacting in, like, the worst way possible. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking 
of I think another um theme that we got in this episode was um men's mental health because you've got mm-hmm. friends suffering from PTSD um mm-hmm. which by the way when it when they did the flashback and he started having his little attack I was like in retrospect I think like he's been suffering from the obvious signs of PTSD in this show and it just like never occurred to me yeah um, cuz he was really detached and emotionless and honestly a little bit hopeless in the first few episodes mm-hmm. that's one of the symptoms is just being unable to connect emotionally yeah and then with max depression question mark uh i'd say probably depression um inferior well inferiority complex doesn't help anybody's depression um you know by any great stretch um so yeah i mean it, it, this is a family that needs some some good old couch time with the therapist because they're a mess <laughs> just a complete mess mm-hmm. um i think the way the these two deal with their mental health crises mm-hmm. is having like a larger impact on society obviously mm-hmm. and especially the women around them yeah um i hope we get more of this in season two because i was like yo ptsd from friends would explain so much of his personality Mm-hmm. we just have to hope he survives <laughs> spoiler alert for real life <laughs> He does live to see World War One, so you've got a few more years. Oh, okay. And we get a season two. Can you imagine a season two without France? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there'd be no point. Um, No, I. Elizabeth is now the emperor. (laughs) (laughs) Much, much to Sophie's chagrin. (laughs) Oh man. No, I think Sophie would just kick her out and say, "I'm taking it." Silly girl. Favorite scenes? Uh, well, I think we talked about the the peach throwing scene. Um, that was a delightful scene. Um, I like makeup sex, so <laughs> that that was that was enjoyable. Um, you know, you have to give them you have to give them credit, given the fact that they're on Netflix, and you know, <laughs> as we've seen in Bridgerton, you know, they can. They can do a whole lot on Netflix, um, and the this production is being fairly tasteful, very fairly reserved in comparison. I don't know that I need to see them fucking like no, it's uh, not no. the vibe of the show. I think no. it's too dramatic, and there's like too high stakes to worry about, like the Bridgerton fucking <laughs> like <laughs> Bridgerton. Nobody is going to die. True enough. True enough. You know, you know, unless, unless they're going to choke on a, yeah, unless they're going to choke on a pastry or something like that. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I think that the that scene was wonderful. Um, I liked the scene with um, Franz addressing the soldiers. I thought that was really, really beautifully done. Um, and again, the acting is just out of this world even the extras were giving like an incredible performance Uh long close-ups on these faces and i was like wow extras are bringing (laughs) it (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I mean the the little girl at the iron foundry. Um, oh. You know so, that that scene with her and her brother and the little what I'm thinking were like loganberries or some yeah. kind of some kind of wild berry. Um, you know that was really sweet. I honestly did not see <laughs> see that he was going to wind up being the 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 dead the person dead um until they got we should got have to known, the point where we saw I just him did, i don't know i, I was know. too distracted by everything else happening so i forgot yeah. about them and then the stinger happened and i was like oh shit who's yeah. going to look after this little girl now uh-huh uh well you know and i was thinking ooh red berries red shirt red shirt <laughs> oh, we should have known. <laughs> the clues are there. <laughs> no, the clues are there. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I thought that that the scene, the scenes with the little girl, I thought were really great, including the one when Elizabeth is uh, speaking with her. Hmm. Um, you know, um, everybody's bringing it, man. Even like little Lizzy Woodsy, like when he's telling her about what he does when he's nervous and you're like mm-hmm. you completely yeah. forget that he's he's a child actor like these <laughs> children should not be so damn charming i know <sighs> i know i know i i loved him i thought he was great um and i think what was the other oh the scene with the archbishop and max oh, uh, another one i mean this this episode had so many great scenes in it it's kind of hard for me to pick. But, I think yeah. the standout sort of visual moment for me, though, was when she was in the foundry and there were, like, the sparks mm-hmm. floating in the air. Like, mm-hmm. the cinematography with that was just... It was so beautiful. Yeah. She looked so out of place um, mm-hmm. in that oh, big, yeah. beefy dress. Um, that huge dress. It's... <laughs> there was also this other shot that of um, when Max was in the cabinet meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it cabinet meeting. It's like his his anti cabinet meeting. <laughs> yes. planning a kick. <laughs> but they were in. He was sat on one side of the table, and then you get like a group of like eleven or twelve men all grouped together, mm-hmm. sort of on mass. It was sort of like a painting. You were sort of like, why wouldn't? Yeah. Why would they be set up like that? But um, <laughs> it's purely done just visually to sort of show us that like this is a group. They're a group and mm-hmm. like not one individual person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. god. Every scene. Let's just say every mm-hmm. scene was her favorite scene. Yeah. Um I I I can't think of a least favorite. Um, um because even even though the, the scene where they are attacking Leontine, even though that was pretty that was pretty horrible and brutal, it was done. Per- it was perfect. It was the perfect way to just like yank you into the show. It was weirdly beautiful, like the serene, yeah. the countryside. Uh-huh. It lulls you in, and then it's like, oh, sh- they're gonna kill her. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely brutal. Yeah, um, I guess like one of the things I think was sort of weaker was mm-hmm. the fake lean teen slash Ava, uh, and Alexander von Back. Oh like yeah, that. being wooed by uh, Von Bach. Yeah, I I would have preferred if that had been established more previously. I know we got mm-hmm. that scene um, of her checking him out before, but 
mm-hmm. feels like they've never actually had a conversation before. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. recall them ever talking. So it was sort of strange to have him just yeah. be like, I hey. knew there was something different about you. It's like, I've literally <laughs> never seen you speak to her. Um, <laughs> but whatever. He's an improvement on Egon. So, you know, you got to read for it. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, go, yeah, go for it, girl. Um, but yeah, but oh, yeah. Um, how about your favorite costumes and locations? Mm, well, the blue dress with the yellow underskirt was mm, mm-hmm. iconic. It was just such a good look. Yeah, and just beautiful. The colors were amazing. And like I said, the mm-hmm. shot of her lying on the bed where you could see mm-hmm. all of the layers, it was like. It made it, it even funnier. Um, <laughs> and her and her blackened feet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sticking out at the end. I was just like, wow, one of these things do not go with one another. <laughs> I, like, oh, I kind of liked the, there was like a Jackie O vibe earlier with that outfit where it had the pillbox the hat, hat with the, yes. yeah, and the little veil. And like, mm-hmm. even her little, her little, coat was like very modernist sort of 60s vibes mm-hmm. that sort of triggered like this the memory of jackie o and like i think consider jackie o to be like the ultimate politician's wife she yeah. is like going out on visits and meeting the populace and being very seen but then i also mm-hmm. you know you can't help but associate the hat with the way jackie o's husband was killed so yeah there's like this weird association happening where I was sort of like, is that like a slight nod to what's happening with Franz and they're attempting uh, to kill him? I mean, gosh. that might just be me thinking too deeply about it, but gosh, it I hadn't even thought of that. That's great. I, mean, I, I see a pillbox hat and I think Jackie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's iconic. Um, you know, um, that day made pillbox hats uh eternally just hers and yeah. so you know you see one and i would be surprised if someone's mind didn't go in that direction um because you know that was such a a horrible horrible day and you know i do we even know whatever happened to that pillbox hat I don't know. Ooh. I know they kept the the they they kept the jacket. Suit. Yeah, they kept the suit. Because but, it uh, had not... blood evidence or something on it. Uh-huh. Um but that hat but, stayed yeah. I don't know how that hat stayed on her head, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was weird, you know, it had those two I don't know what were they like pearls or or what? Yeah, two little pearls right in front of her eyes embroidery or something i don't know what it was but it i really it was it was slightly off-putting but i was like i love this look <laughs> i don't know what it is uh-huh i love whenever they put her in a veil any costumes or locations it, with the exception of the iron foundry it all took place at court mm. didn't it yeah well yeah maybe you like Franz's little uh, speech to the troops to the troops yeah I just, I still can't get that scene out of my head of him with the troops. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, the scenes that, that stayed with me after uh, watching it because 
you know, you saw his vulnerability um, in a big way. Um, it was the scene that most impressed me at, as him as a leader. You can see what mm-hmm. he would bring to the table compared to anybody else in that family. Let's say Max. Max. Max could not give that speech. No. Max would make that about himself, about the glory. Absolutely. You know. Yep. yep. There's real empathy with um Franz. With Franz. Yeah. Yeah. Um I any scene that takes place in their bedroom, I love that bedroom. Mm, yeah. I love the scene where he wakes up and she's not there and Yeah. Like the crease in like this is so <laughs> extra from me but like the you could tell she had been in there because you hadn't actually seen if she was in bed with Franz but you could uh-huh. see like the spot where she had been with her little outline yes. like they actually mm-hmm. bothered to like get her to lie down on the bed um and yeah. little details like that which mm-hmm. just make you like your heart hurt I was like oh they missed each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys, um, gosh, in any other situation, um, I would love to see them. Oh, hello, Jack. Um, we are joined by my cat, Jack. Hi, Jack. Does he ship it too? Jack, do you ship it? <laughs> ship? What ship? What does ship mean? Um, any, any other, any other show, they would be just the most wonderful, um, couple to to watch uh and the situation that they're in now you just it's just hope there is no happy ending that is going to come out of this just more assassination attempts yeah (laughs) yeah performer of the episode oh do we have another hour everyone gets mad props this uh for this week's episode um i think that uh the actress that plays um ava she was really great yeah. Um. Our little Ludwig Franz oh, Ludwig is that his name? Yeah. Everyone's a Franz. Um. He was great. I love his hair. Yes. <laughs> He's got this like really wild, dramatic hair swoop. <laughs> I love how ginger everyone is as well. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so cute with the freckles. Um, yes. Uh, I thought. I thought that he was great. He. He captured my attention in in all of the scenes that he was in um (laughs) what a sweet little boy um obviously i think um the actor and actress that are our leads uh were incredible um multifaceted um uh a real joy to watch and as much as i hate him max Mm, damn it performance yes such a psycho (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, psychotic. Wow, what a performance! Um, I'm just glad he's not like that in real life, or at least I hope he's not. I don't um, think so. <laughs> everyone seems to like him. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, every every performance was amazing. Yeah, this is such a great show. This is. I mean, aren't you glad we did this show? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it makes me wonder how well it's doing on. Um, uh netflix because this is this is just class a well i got a season television but um yeah so it must have done well i think it was it did really well in germany i don't know about Mm. i feel like um it came out at a time where everyone was watching the crown or something so that was Uh, yeah i think the scenes that impressed me the most most were all fran scenes but then 
Mm-hmm. When you think about all the different scenes he got this week with the flashback. Yes. And the speech to the troops and then the scene where he's sexually assaulted and then even the even the scene where he's getting peaches thrown at him and the comic timing of him just looking slightly grumpy and then trying to put the peach back on the plate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he just it, it was it, he had a really good episode but he, like you ex- sort of expect that from him and he's getting really great scenes written for him um yeah. even the woman that plays the matron was like sensational um mm-hmm. i felt almost sort of sorry for the matron this episode um, yeah because i mean you know sophie's gunning for her <laughs> exactly. know, like, this keeps happening you know your neck is going to be on the line. Like, Imagine being damn. put in charge of Elizabeth, and then she <laughs> does this on her first outing, where she like yeah. sort of starts a riot and gets people killed. Um, yeah. Because she won't leave when you... she's supposed to. Yeah. How do you solve a problem like Elizabeth? How do you solve a problem like <laughs> Elizabeth? Elizabeth. <laughs> it's an impossible task. Yeah, um, seriously. Hats! I'm giving this a five without yeah. hesitation. Well, we decided to call them birds now. Remember, so it's oh, birds. Yes, did I say hats? See, I'm yes. still thinking about that damn pillbox hat. Birds. <laughs> I've incepted this into your mind. Um, yeah. How many birds? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, five. Five. I think as a penultimate episode, I think this was sensational. Yeah. Really excellent. I'm. Excited and scared for the finale. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is what you want, really. Exactly. Okay, Inbugs. Hi, Michelle and Rita. I'm loving this series so much. Sorry, this email's a bit long, but here I go. I think this <laughs> week's episode should be called Everything is Unraveling. Everyone <laughs> seems to be coming to a crossroads in their lives. Leontine is growing conflicted. Perhaps she's starting to see that even some in the aristocracy are trapped in their lives, but do see the plight of others, but are just as humstrung to help. She's being noticed. The the accountant... (laughs) Sorry. The accountant (laughs) is obviously genuinely developing notions of a relationship with her. She can't seem to believe it. She's questioning whether (laughs) killing the emperor is going to help anyone in the end. And she's developing a friendship with Elizabeth, who confides in her at the end of the episode. What's my purpose here? Indeed. For both of them. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth and Franz are trying in their own ways to change life for the poor, but obstacles just keep coming their way. Poor Franz. It's not going as he planned. After seeing (laughs) off the troops to war, he becomes overwhelmed and has a tantrum and smashes his train set. (laughs) And then, feeling terrible, he apologizes to Theo. He says, even when it seems that all is lost, there's always cause for hope. Then into the room walks Elizabeth. (laughs) God help him in Austria. Things just go from bad to worse. Yes. Max, God, he's just ascending into madness, judging by the scene in front of the mirror. Even his monkey stares at him, thinking, seriously, Maxie, get a grip. (laughs) But we do hear about a lost love, a dead fiancé. Then that confession with the priest, I'm sure he could think of a couple of sins he could confess to. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez, if you want to ask for the church's backing, at least play the game. 
but the priest is onto him and calls him out. Max's plan is starting to fray around the edges. Even Elizabeth turns him down after an offer to run away through the tunnels to Prague. Let's not talk about that. And then there's Sophie, always one step behind Francis, prodding him endlessly. (laughs) When chaos reigns, we impose our control. We don't pacify. Oh, Sophie, you're an intelligent woman. Have you not learned anything from what's happening around Europe? No. The answer is no. (laughs) I guess this episode is the beginning of the legend of Sissy. Her recognition of the plight of the poor and atrocious conditions they live and work in, and the people's love for her kindness is growing, especially when she gives the little girl her shoes. But unless there is a marked change in the palace's views, Elizabeth's life seems doomed along with the poor. But who knows, maybe Theo is right. There's always cause for hope. (laughs) Ciao, Maria. P.S. I'm not liking the return of Louise Polar Bear Chick. Trouble, yeah. I say. Oh, she's uh, Yeah, they got trouble with a capital T. Thank you for That's writing in, Maria. Oh, yes. Reminding me of everything that happened is just bringing me stress. What are we going to do about Polar Bear Chick? Huh? Oh, uh, well, next week's description for episode six is not doing my heart any good. <laughs> Quite frankly, the title of this is The God Who Us Has Freedom Sent. That's a doozy. Especially compared to the shoes. Yeah, the, the shoes. shoes. They've been rocking all of these like two word uh, titles for these uh, episodes. And now they're laying this on us? Crap. Well. Got biblical up in this bitch. Yeah. Elizabeth spends her time partying with Maximilian <gasps> while Franz is desperate to reconcile with her. Leontine gets herself into a precarious situation. Elizabeth! What are you doing, girl? What? I thought the she finally rejected F. him. And now we're back to her partying with him. What the actual F? I don't know. Come on! Oh! I don't want to see any of this. I have stress. I have stress! Why can't Max God. go off into his little tunnel and leave us alone? You know, you you, you need to just go away, Max, because mm. you're not doing any of us any damn good at all. Okay, well, on that depressing note, that's all from us. <laughs> we'll be back next week to discuss the final of season one of The Empress. If you have opinions and would like them to be read out in our inbox section, then please email us at inthebooksnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at inthebooks. And please remember to rate and review and share this podcast with your friends. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Woke up cold one Tuesday. I'm looking tired and feeling quite sick. I felt like there was something missing in my day-to-day life So I quickly opened the wardrobe Pulled out some jeans and a t-shirt that seemed clean Topped it off with a pair of old shoes that were ripped around the seams And I thought these shoes just don't suit me Hey, I put some new shoes on and suddenly everything's right I said some new shoes on and everybody's smiling it's so inviting though short on money but long on time slowly strolling in the sweet sunshine and
I'm seeing stars as I'm rubbing my eyes And I felt like there were two days missing as I focused on the time Then I made my way to the kitchen But I had to stop from the shock of what I found A room full of all of my friends all dancing round and round And I thought, hello, new shoes, bye-bye and blues Hey, I put some new shoes on and suddenly everything is right I said, hey, I put some new shoes on and everybody's smiling It's so inviting, no short on money but long on Excuse, cause I'm wearing my brand new shoes. 